morning, everyone. It's time for us to begin this morning. We want to welcome everyone to the services here at West Irwin. Now we're on. Good morning, everyone. We're glad, we're glad everyone is here this morning. As we begin our worship service, let's all stand as we sing these songs. song lead song leading I usually sit towards the back and today I was sitting down here at the front it really makes a difference when you're sitting down here and you hear that coming over you it's really you should try it sometime it's pretty neat I encourage you to do that um, so want to make you all aware of an event that's going to be taking place here at West Arwen next month it's a Christian evidences seminar entitled defending the truth and you'll see it on the uh, uh, screens above me. This is going to be presented by Kyle Butt of Apologetics Press. Kyle has authored or co-authored 35 books and speaks frequently on Christian evidences. And the seminar is going to be held 23rd and 24th of October. And if you'll go to the next slide, you'll have an idea 
of what's going to be presented. Um, you can see for yourself, I don't need to read them to you, but I encourage you to pick up one of these. It's in the back in the foyer. It's entitled House to House and Heart to Heart. And we encourage you to pick them up, keep one, give them to your friends, invite them who may be interested in attending the seminar. And if you think about what's going on in the world, what's going on outside of these doors, I don't know that this could be a more timely event to take place. And if you're wondering what to do if you have children or if you want to invite families that have children, what about the kids? Well, the next slide will show you we've got them covered. So there will be more information coming on social media, um, but this could really be a very good thing for us. And again, with what's going on in the world, we need to take on every tool that we can to equip ourselves to, to battle what's, what's going on out there. So I want to thank everybody that's worked so hard to bring Kyle to West Irwin and um, put that on your calendar, October 23rd and 24th. So announcements, um, if you picked up one of the uh, orders of worship on the back, you'll have a prayer and care list. I want to mention uh, specifically um, James and Con uh, Connie Sublette's brother, Buddy Smith, passed away. And we want to extend our, extend our love and sympathy to that family. And I actually got to see James and Connie and their son Garrett yesterday, and we were talking about her brother, Buddy. And uh, I can tell you this, he went out on his terms. He really did. He was quite quite an interesting individual, and uh, it was kind of neat, Connie talking about her brother. Um, Pam Fennell's father, would like to remember him, David Miller. Uh, Ruby Cliver had carpal tunnel surgery Tuesday of this week. Um, I'd like to mention, remember Kathy Culpepper's mother. Steve Phillips, who is Mike Phillips' brother, was uh, transferred from the hospital to rehab where he had a heart attack and then was rushed back to the hospital. I'd like to remember Gail Hope's mother, Eleanor McMillan. Uh, the grandson of David and Jenny Wicks, Eli Hodges, uh, was taken to the ER Monday uh, and was admitted to the Dell Hospital uh, in Austin for tests. And if you know and been keeping up with that, that little kid has had a lot to deal with. So just remember David and Jenny and that family in your prayers. Uh, Barbara Carter, uh, the wife of Davy Carter's cousin, J.F., has COVID. He's currently on a ventilator. Uh, Bo Stevens, John Stevens' father and a preacher at Troop Church of Christ, has slipped into a coma, and as we understand, there's not any updates on them. Um, got a text uh, from Galen Siegler this morning that George Hill has COVID and is asking for prayers. And then Jack Wilkinson, the grandson of Dan and Sandra, has COVID and is in College Station. So I encourage you to remember everybody that's on the prayer and care list. I want to also mention, uh, I got a text from Donnie Cook this week. So uh, Johnny Palaparthi and Raj Manoj Kondavidi and their baby Suma, who have been attending um, church here at West Irwin, are moving to Wichita Falls this week. And they were very much looking forward to the baby blessing day that's going to take place in two weeks but they're not going to be able to, but they've asked for prayers for a smooth transition during their move. I want to also announce that next Sunday, September 19th, is Welcome Home Sunday. 
kind of our homecoming. And when you think about how long this church has been in the heart of Tyler, you know, you always hear about degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. I can tell you there's a lot of degrees of separation for people in this room, and we hope for a, a good crowd next week. Um, before we go into our prayer, I just want to mention something, give you something to think about. You know, there's a lot going on in this world that really questions what's going on. And it's really important to stay connected to church. It's why it's important for people to be here, why it's important for people who are watching online to stay connected because it's easier to face the world when we're a part of one group as, as opposed to being by ourselves. Unity is very, very important. And I want to just mention a friend of mine who had faced significant trials and tribulations in his life once told me, he said, the weather always changes because it does. The things we do matter. And if you think about it, you may not realize the impact that you're having on somebody else. And the last thing he said is life needs a reason for optimism. And if you're looking for optimism, you can find it here. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day in which we could come and worship you on the first day of the week. And Father, we thank you for this church and everything that, uh, and all the blessings that you've bestowed upon it. And Father, we pray for the staff and the teachers and the elders and the deacons. And we pray for all those who, who are involved with this congregation. And Father, we pray for those who have lost loved ones and those who are sick in pain, those that have been mentioned and and there are many who, who are not mentioned, but you know, we know that you know who they are. And Father, for those who are suffering, we pray for that burden to be removed, if it be your will, because we know you can do that. For the, for the caretakers, we pray for patience and understanding. And for friends and families of those who, who have lost loved ones, we pray for them not to be discouraged. Father, we pray for our students and teachers in this community and around the country who are having to navigate a learning environment that is unprecedented with COVID. And we pray that you be with them. And Father, we pray for our government leaders that, that they will turn to you. And we pray especially for those who will use issues to divide our country so that they can amass power. We pray for this Welcome Home Sunday that's coming up next week. And Father, we pray that uh, for our upcoming seminar on defending the truth. This is what is needed. And, and overall, Father, we pray that uh, you help us not to be fearful, to trust in you, and to open our hearts to the Holy Spirit who will comfort and counsel us. And as we close this prayer, let us always be mindful that you always love us, that you'll never forsake us, that you'll always do what's best for us. In your son's name we pray.
good morning, everyone. I am very happy to be here today. It's great to see all you folks. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I remember back in 1983, and I was not a member of the Lord's Church because I was kind of on the fence. But there was an elderly gentleman that went to our church. He was uh, uh, a real handful. His name was Leonard Clements. Leonard was closer to 90 than he was to 80, and Leonard had a great sense of humor. He and I just loved to stir it up. And one minute, uh, he was just fine at the breakfast table, and uh, the next minute, he was dead. You know, that, that was it. In uh, 2006, my father walked out of the back door of the house where he lived since 1961, and uh, he just went outside to this little shed where he kept his tools and stuff like that. And he took his morning coffee and he unfurled his paper and everything and he reached over for his coffee. One minute he was alive, the next minute he was dead. Last Tuesday, Kim and I went to a memorial service for a gentleman that died the Tuesday before that. He was just, he's, he's 52 years old. You know, appeared to be perfectly fine, in great shape. Uh, this gentleman and I had become acquainted with each other. Uh, he, like me, or like myself, or I, I can't get the pronouns right, but uh, we're both from the same hometown of Irving, Texas. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. But he's walking down the hall where he works, and one minute he's alive, and the next minute he's graveyard dead. There are no guarantees. We have no guarantee of next week or next year or tomorrow. We have no guarantee of the next five minutes. You never know when your time is up. And with that being said, the time for action is now. If you're not absolutely 100% sure of where you stand with Jesus Christ, our Savior, that went to the cross and suffered and died for my sins and yours, if you're not absolutely certain where you are, that if you're here right now in this building, don't leave until you talk to somebody. Talk to somebody next to you. Talk to one of our elders. Talk to Bill. Talk to me. Nobody's going to look down on you. We're not going to scorn you or anything like that. We're going to try to help you. If you're watching online or if you're streaming or just listening to this, reach out to us. We're here to help you. There's only one thing you have to get right in this life, and that is your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can get everything else wrong, but you've got to get that right. Because if you don't, the consequences are eternal, and they're horrible. Now, on the bright side, look at the world that uh, Jesus' uh, Father his almighty Father, God, gave to us. We live in this beautiful oasis called planet Earth. Uh, we're surrounded by beautiful handiwork. Uh, we're surrounded by other human beings that all bring gifts and uh, other things that enrich our lives to us. So there's an awful lot to be happy about. But the main thing that you need to remember is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, left the right hand of Almighty God, came down to earth, lived as you and I lived for 33 years as a mortal human being, humble, poor, 
not privileged at all, and then he suffered and died because he loved us that much. He didn't want me and he didn't want you to be separated from his father. And if that didn't get your attention, folks, I just don't know what will. So, at this time, we're commanded every week as Christians to partake of this unloved, <clears throat> excuse me, this unleavened bread, which represents his body, and this fruit of the vine, which represents his blood. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and pray, shall we? Most holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we approach your throne and we thank you so much, Father, for the spiritual blessings that you bestowed upon us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And as we partake of this unleavened bread, which represents his body, May we do so in a manner that you find acceptable and well-pleasing. We thank you so much, Father, for your love, which allowed those horrible things to happen to your son. We thank you for his love, for allowing himself to be hung on that horrible cross. And we love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us pray. Again, Father, we approach your throne, and at this time we are mindful of the blood which your son shed, his precious blood which cleanses our souls and makes them whiter than snow in your sight. And we, we know, Father, that uh, your son shed his blood, not for his benefit, but solely for our benefit, for the, the remission of sins, for myself, and for every human being that ever lived. Uh, we can't thank you enough, Father, for your love and the love of your son, Jesus. And as we partake of this fruit of the vine, which represents his blood, may we do so in a manner that you find uh, acceptable and well-pleasing. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, the uh, elders set this time aside each week uh, for us to contemplate our blessings, not just our spiritual blessings, but our material blessings that we have. And it's important to remember that everything you have, no matter how smart you are, how industrious, hardworking, creative, whatever, every bit of talent and ability that you have comes from God. And at this time, folks, we set this time aside every week. We give back to the Lord a portion of the material benefits that he has blessed us with. Let us give back with a, a, a happy and cheerful heart. And with this in mind, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, again, uh, we approach your throne. We thank you so much for all the material blessings that you give to us, our home, 
uh, our, our jobs, uh, the freedom that we have here in the United States, the, especially the freedom that we have to worship you freely. Uh, we thank you, Father, for the opportunities that are created each day by our hard work, but we understand, Father, that the talent and the ability that we have, no matter how little or how much it is, it all comes from you. And as we give back to you, Father, may we be happy and thankful for these blessings, and may we never forget the spiritual blessings that we have through your son, Jesus, and it's in his only name that we pray. Amen. Well, in case you haven't heard, we've got a couple of big events coming up. We encourage all of those who are watching us online and worshiping with us online to listen closely, and hopefully you'll be able to participate in some of these as well. Uh, and we're beginning to talk about our wonderful Defending the Truth seminar coming up October 23rd and 24th, our Shepherd Grant Knight shared some things about that earlier. You're going to hear more and more about that. Uh, not just every week, but during the week. And one of the ways that we're going to be able to share some about that is through our social media. You may be on social media. You may not be. If you are, if you're on Facebook, then we encourage you to do a couple of things. You can do it right now if you want. This is the preacher giving you permission to pull out your cell phone and not just follow along with the sermon, but actually to open up your Facebook page and like West Irwin Church of Christ, first of all, and then secondly, 
go to your, your page and get on there, what's on your mind part, and click that little uh, button that says check in. Because we want all of the world to know that you're here this morning. And if you're online, you can do the exact same thing because you're here uh, as well. This is a way for us to get the word out about our church and about our wonderful event. One of the primary ways that we're going to be talking about the Defending the Truth seminar on Christian Evidences the one of the primary ways we're going to be talking about this event in the next uh, five or six weeks is through social media, through our uh, uh, West Irwin Church of Christ Facebook pages, through our Instagram page, and through other ways as well that my 10-year-old grandson is going to have to explain to me. Um, And that's one of the things that we're really trying to do. So we encourage you to do that. Uh, Do that today to like our West Irwin Church of Christ pages, to check in when you're here, and to let folks know that we have a great and wonderful event. There are going to be things that are going to be shared on those pages that you can share on yours. Uh, One week, actually this week, uh, uh, we're going to be receiving some wonderful brochures that will be similar to some of the slides that you saw uh, as Grant was sharing earlier. And those will be, we're going to be getting a thousand of those this week. They were supposed to come in last week. They're supposed to come in this week. We're going to have a thousand of those that you can hand out. And when we've hun- handed out all of those, we're going to get more. And, uh, and so we encourage you to take those when they're available later uh, this week. We do have those wonderful publications, House to House and Heart to Heart, uh, back there. And so we want to encourage you to do that. Uh, as well. Take one of those, look at it, read the fine articles in there. On the front, there's a information about our church. On the back page, there's a column from me and also an ad about our uh, event coming up in October, Defending the Truth. As Grant said, a wonderful, timely event that we really want to encourage everyone uh, to be a part of. And of course, leading up to that, we have our great Welcome Home Sunday this coming Sunday. If you've been away and are, are ready for a good reason to come back to our in-person services, we encourage you to be here this coming Sunday. Uh, if you can join us online, that would be great as well. For those who will be here next Sunday, we'll have a luncheon, a catered luncheon after our morning services, and so it's going to be a great day of celebration. Also, I might add that Tucker and Elizabeth Sullivan, yes, that is their for real name now as of last weekend, they will be back with us and will be in our assembly, our new youth minister and his wife, Tucker and Elizabeth, this coming Sunday. And so it really truly is a wonderful welcome home Sunday. If there are some folks that you have been missing, this is the week to reach out to them and invite them to reconnect as Grant shared, as Bill shared, to reconnect with the body of Christ, this church family that worships and serves our Lord. And so I hope that you'll take uh, advantage of all of those things. You know, one of the things that Grant said is that life needs a reason to be optimistic. And that is certainly true. And that's why everything that we're doing is so crucial. And so important. Paul said, I will do be all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. And that's our desire as well today and in the weeks ahead. I hope you'll take advantage of all of those great opportunities. This morning, we're going to be sharing about the ultimate seek and find. We're going to be in Luke 15 today and also uh, next week. 
a little bit in Luke 19 today. But I want us to begin with the ultimate seek and find. Joyce uh, loves to play those seek and find games. And perhaps you enjoy playing the seek and find games uh, as well. Perhaps the most famous one is this one. Where's Waldo? I keep wanting to somehow Photoshop me into this, guys, in the sound booth to, to, to where instead of Waldo in there, it's Bill. <laughs> and and I, I'm the only one that would think that would be cool, apparently. Um, but it, I think that would be awesome. But for now, where's Waldo? Waldo is in there somewhere. You know, he's got that striped shirt on. He's got those real black glasses on. And he's in there somewhere. Now, you'll notice Waldo is in the middle of a bunch of what? Dinosaurs, which reminds you of what? A Christian evidences seminar that's going to talk about dinosaurs next month. Did you see how we did that there? Um, that is going to be one of the points of discussion from Kyle Budd of Apologetics Press, who will be coming and will be sharing about things like what about, how do the dinosaurs fit in uh, to the Genesis account and to the Bible record. I, I'm really looking forward to some of those discussions. So here we have Waldo somewhere in this picture. And if you're having a little trouble finding him, um, then I can understand that. Uh, remember that the ultimate seek and find is not a game. Waldo is in this picture. In the original one, he was in the upper right quadrant. And now we've got this uh, blown up a little bit for you right there. And if you still can't find him, uh, he's right there in the center of the picture. He's right above that purple dinosaur head and next to the long neck brown dinosaur. And hopefully uh, you'll be able to find him. But the truth is the ultimate seek and find is not a game. It is the action of a loving God seeking and finding and saving the lost souls he created in his own image. And it is the task of we who have experienced that salvation ourselves and have joined our Savior in the mission of seeking and saving those who are lost. That is our task as well. It's not a game, but we are in the business of seeking and finding those who are lost. You know, the events of 20 years ago yesterday, on 9-11-2001, some of us were not even alive then. Many of us were. And that day and those hours uh, will never be far from our memory at all. But they bear out the importance of all of our efforts here in this life and world and for eternity. Just as uh, Bill shared in that wonderful communion meditation, none of us is guaranteed. Every day, every breath is a gift, a gift that we're not entitled to and a gift that could be taken away at any moment. And uh, we saw that in a very real and tragic and horribly evil way 20 years ago yesterday. And so as we have remembered those events over these past two days, and as we continue uh, to appreciate those who have responded in such an incredible way, first responders, firemen, police, um, medical personnel, so many others that had such a huge place there and now are having such a huge place with our uh, response to the coronavirus. 
and of course all of the things that have happened over these past few years have reminded us of the importance of our seek and find mission. Because just as Grant said, again, life needs a reason to be optimistic. And if you're looking for it out there in the world, some weeks you're going to find it. Some weeks, not so much. (laughs) Joyce has a wonderful uh, Friends shirt from the uh, TV show. And it says on the front, it says, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, hashtag 2020. And so now I think it needs to be hashtag 2020 slash 2021. But if you're just looking for something in the external circumstances to bring you that optimism, sometimes you'll find that. Sometimes you won't. And that's why our seek and find mission is so important. It's to help people find the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to help people find us. His people. I want us to look at Luke chapter 15 today and, and talk about this seek and find, this ultimate seek and find. A few things about this. First of all, when we are away from home, we feel lost and we need help being found. It's one of the great things about our Welcome Home Sunday next week is it gives us all a a good reason, all permission to just talk to somebody and invite them to come. We're having a special day. We're having a special emphasis on welcoming home. We're having a meal. It's going to be great. And it will be. And I hope that they'll come. When we are away from home, we feel lost and we need help being found. These words from Luke 15, beginning at verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law or scribes muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Now those two verses right there are the reason why we have these three parables in Luke 15. Two of which we are going to cover this morning. One of which will be our theme text for next Sunday on our Welcome Home Sunday. Verse 3, then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Verse 8, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. When we are away from home, we feel lost. And we need help being found, just like that lost sheep, just like that lost coin. They were not going to be found if left to themselves. But they could be found. If someone went looking for them, 
When we're away from home, we feel lost and we need help being found. These verses tell the stories of a lost sheep and a lost coin and those who found them. For a moment, I want to focus on the shepherd and the woman and say a few things about what happened with them. First of all, they noticed that something was lost. They noticed that something was lost. They noticed that something was missing. Even though he had a hundred sheep, he knew that one was gone when he realized he only had 99. Even though I'm sure she had other coins, she recognized and noticed that there was one that was missing. They noticed that something was lost. And then secondly, they made deliberate efforts to find it. The shepherd didn't just say, gee, I hope that sheep finds its way home. The woman didn't just say, well, you know, that coin will turn up sometime. Now, I realize that sometimes we actually do say that, and sometimes that's probably the right thing to do. But we understand this, right? When we have lost an animal, a pet, we'll go to all measures to try to find that animal, that pet, that member of our family. Or like this woman, when we've lost something in the house, we go to deliberate effort to find it. If you, know, if you think that there's something lost in your closet or there's something lost in your garage or there's something lost in the back of the pantry somewhere and you just can't find it, you're going to do what this woman did. It's going to be, you know, instead of a once in every hundred year storm, it's going to be a once in every hundred, hundred year cleaning. <laughs> and you're going to get in there and you're going to pull everything out and you're going to look at every square inch of everywhere you could think that item might be. The shepherd and the woman, they noticed that something was lost and they made deliberate efforts to find it, specific, deliberate things they did to try to find what was lost. And then third, when they found it, they celebrated, they rejoiced. They celebrated and they called their friends and family and neighbors in to say, rejoice with me. They threw a party, why? Because they were so happy that what had been lost was now found. And they couldn't keep it to themselves. And so they threw the big party and they invited everyone to come and to celebrate because what they had valued, that they had noticed was lost. What they had spent so much time and energy and effort to find had now been found and was back where it should be. And so they celebrated. And they called everyone they knew, come and rejoice with me, celebrate with me. My lost sheep has been found. My lost coin has been found. When we are away from home, we feel lost and we need help being found. Secondly, this morning, Jesus himself lived these parables. This is not just something that Jesus talked about. It's how he lived. It's what he lived. We see it already in Luke 15 as as we contrast Jesus with those religious leaders 
who were critical of him because he was doing deliberate things to try to find what had been lost and seeking them. And we see it again in Luke 19. It's the familiar story of that wee little man, Zacchaeus. Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Not just a tax collector, a chief tax collector. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. And yes, you're already singing in your head the old children's song about Zacchaeus, and I think that's fine. That's great. He was an important man. He was a wealthy man. Many would consider him a sellout. Because unlike those who work uh, in our uh, internal revenue service today and are honorable people, those who were tax collectors then were dishonorable people. And for many of them, they actually were thieves. And the people felt that they had sold out their homeland, their nation, to the Jewish leadership, if those were the taxes, or to the Romans, even worse. And so this man, all he wants to do is see Jesus. I'm sure the last thing he wanted was to be pointed out (laughs) and mentioned. Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot where Zacchaeus was in the tree, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Why is that? If he didn't want to be found out, well, because for Zacchaeus, being found out means being criticized, being verbally, possibly even physically abused by his own countrymen because he was an outcast. He was a sellout. Instead, Jesus says, come down immediately. I don't want to rebuke you. I don't want to make fun of you and humiliate you or hurt you. I want to come to your house today. And that meant everything. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse 7, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Well, as you know, (laughs) that was a true statement. But if Jesus were here today and went home with you, guess what? He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But that's not how the others looked at it, in particular the religious leaders. But that's how Jesus looked at it. Just like everyone else there, Zacchaeus was a sinner. He was someone who was lost. And Jesus was seeking him out so that he could be found. When Zacchaeus heard the criticism of Jesus, now they're not criticizing Zacchaeus. Isn't that interesting? Initially, Zacchaeus probably thought if if anybody sees me and recognizes me, they're going to call me out and, and say bad things about me. But instead, instead... Jesus acknowledges him, invites himself over for dinner, and they criticize Jesus 
instead. Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. It's a wonderful, incredible statement that is a very concrete demonstration of his heart of repentance. Because he certainly had defrauded people, no doubt. And he was a changed man. This event changed him. Jesus changed him. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That's Jesus' mission. It's our mission too, to seek and to save the lost. But for Jesus, he recognized this man was no better, no worse than anybody else. Like everyone else there, he was a Jew. He was a child of Abraham. And like everyone else there, he was a sinner. And Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus lived the parables that he had told in Luke 15. Lastly today, our Welcome Home Sunday gives me the opportunity to do the same. Our Welcome Home Sunday is a wonderful opportunity for each of us to do the exact same thing that that shepherd did, that that woman did in looking for her lost coin that Jesus did when he tried to find Zacchaeus. Our Welcome Home Sunday gives me and you the opportunity to do exactly the same. It gives us the opportunity to reach out to others and ask them, as was said earlier, to stay connected, maybe even to reconnect. How do we do that, Bill? Well, the exact same way. We do the exact same things that that shepherd did and that woman did. First of all, we notice someone who may be lost or who may feel lost. We notice them. We see them. We think of them. We pray about them. Who have you been missing? Who haven't you seen or heard from in a while? It may be that there are many who are watching online, and I know this is true, actually, for some who still feel a little insecure about coming into public places like a worship service at a church and are connected online at home. And that's a wonderful thing. It's not gonna hurt you to call and check on them. It's not gonna hurt those who are watching online to call and check on others. Who have you been missing? Who haven't you seen or heard from in a while? Who do you know that has been through especially difficult things at times over these last several months, over these last couple of years? Every once in a while, we'll think of someone. The Holy Spirit will put a name or a face in our heads. And the question is, will we we act on that? Will we do something about that? Or will we let it drop? Who do you know that may feel especially lost today? Or do you feel especially lost today? As Bill shared, 
We want nothing more than for everyone to leave here in a good, right, saved relationship with their creator and savior, Jesus Christ. Who do you know that may feel especially lost today? You know, I've mentioned a few times a a man in Springtown, Texas, who's likely watching online. He seems to watch every week and worships with us, Roger Andrews. And he writes us every few weeks or so, every month or so, and he tells us how much he appreciates the church here and our online services and everyone who makes that happen. And and he sends a, a little contribution check along with it. But this last week, he sent another message, and he had a line in there that he hadn't written before. And he said this, I have never asked you to pray for me. I'm asking now. Brother, we'll be praying for you this week. Pray for Roger this week. But there are so many like that. There are so many out there that just need someone to encourage them to notice that they're not here and to contact them and to help them. Notice that someone may be lost, may feel lost, and then secondly, do something to encourage them to find their way. Be like that shepherd, be like that woman, and actually do something to try to find that person to try to encourage that person. It may be a call on the phone. It may be a text message. It may be an email. You may send them a card or a letter, a note. You may give them an encouragement card. Yes, you'll see those blue encouragement cards on the back of the pew in front of you. Fill one of those out. You can fill one of those out starting right now and put it in the box on the table out in the foyer. You can invite someone. You're not sure where they've been. You're not sure if they're watching online or not. Just call them and say, look, I don't, I don't know how things are going for you, but I'd like to hear how things are going for you. And I, and I hope you come to church next Sunday if you feel comfortable doing that on our Welcome Home Sunday and stay for lunch. And I hope that you'll be praying for our Defending the Truth seminar that's coming up. It's such an important, critical, helpful thing. Notice. Someone may be lost or may feel lost. Do something to encourage them to find their way. Pray for them. And then act on that instigation of the Holy Spirit of God to reach out to them in some way. And then third, celebrate with joy and faith. Trust that the Lord has worked through you and will bless your efforts. Our trust and our faith are in God. He uses us in in feeble ways, imperfect ways, and yet he still uses us. And so when he does celebrate with joy and faith, rejoice in the Lord, invite others to share in your joy. Thus I would go on missions of mercy, following Christ from day unto day, cheering the faint, raising the fallen, pointing the lost to Jesus the way. The last parable in Luke 15 is of a loving father and two lost sons. And that will be the scripture text for our Welcome Home Sunday next Lord's Day. 
like the father, like the shepherd, like the woman in Luke 15, and like Jesus seeking out Zacchaeus. We are to seek out those who are lost and help them find their way home and then welcome them home when they come. And so two things as we close today. First of all, invite someone this week to join us for Welcome Home Sunday. You're thinking right now as, you've, as we've been talking during this sermon, you're thinking of someone that you haven't seen in a while. You're thinking of someone who's been through a lot. You're thinking of someone who needs that encouragement. Do something this week. Invite them to come Sunday. If they're not comfortable coming or not able to come in person, invite them to take part in our service next week online. Invite someone this week, this week, to join us for our Welcome Home Sunday. To join us perhaps for our seminar in October. To join us online. To be a part once again. Invite someone this week to join us for Welcome Home Sunday. Secondly, make specific plans to be with fellow Christians next Sunday evening. We'll be starting up more of our activities in October. We're hoping to have a fellowship uh, the first part of October with our uh, hermanos y hermanas at uh, Iglesia de Cristo. Israel and all of our wonderful brothers and sisters there. We're hoping to make that happen in October. But this coming Sunday night, We're inviting everyone to do something with somebody without us telling you what that will be. It may be dinner at your house or their house. It may be going to a show together. It may be meeting at someone's house for a small group Bible study. It may be meeting at a area restaurant, whatever it is. Make specific plans to be with fellow Christians next Sunday evening. The ultimate seek and find is not a game. The ultimate seek and find is the action of a loving father seeking and finding his children and providing a way for them, for all of us, to come home. If we can help you do that today, come as we stand, sing our song together. Search me, O God, and
Lord, thank you for this opportunity once again to come together and worship you and learn more about your word. Please let us apply what we've heard today in our lives this week and come back again. Please bless us as we go out into this world. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.